Hello and welcome to 308 Live. I'm your host Callum. I'm Alex. And today we are going to talk about the first weekend of the Premier League. Now, Alex, I have to admit, this weekend I was thrilled. I think this was a brilliant opener weekend. We had all sorts. Um, I think the best way to kick it off is probably one of the best performances of the weekend, Arsenal against Crystal Palace. Yeah, like, uh, well, I think we should say to the viewers, like, we tried to do this last week, but we're not professionals yet. Um, and you said this wasn't going to be the best opener. And I think we were proved wrong. Um, well, I, I thought we could have a good game, but I know you weren't very, like, uh, you didn't think it was going to be the best of the games. But yeah, you, you, like you said, it was a brilliant game, brilliant kickoff. Arsenal do look very good coming out from a Tottenham fan. Yeah, they look do look scary. I have to admit, watching Gabriel Jesus up front in that game, I was well impressed. The confidence that the guy showed, he was taking the ball forward. He was going trying, going past people. He was so unfortunate not to get a goal. And I, very, I, I, I think he could be a top goal scorer this season. I do feel I don't I don't think top goal scorer because like you got Nunes, you got Kane, you got Haaland, you got big names in there. But I think he's been a missing uh, missing piece of the puzzle with Arsenal for the last few years because when Arsenal's had Aubameyang and Lacazette, they haven't had a striker on the same wavelength, in my opinion, from another an outside fan point of view, which will link up well with uh, Martinelli, Saka, uh, Odegaard. I know this is very new style that they come with, a young style. And I think Jesus fits that, fits that perfectly because they had a perfect pre-season. Um, I hate saying that about Arsenal, but they do look scary looking going forward in the season. And like having this youth going, uh, like going forward, it might be the right way. And yeah. Yeah, no, I think when you look at teams nowadays, if you want to be successful, you want to be competing at the top, the likes of Liverpool, Man City, you have to invest in the future, not the present. You have to build a squad that's going to be competitive in the next two to three years minimum. And I think that's what Arsenal have gone for. And I think it's starting to show. You're correct because... um, Arsenal uh, players are going to be hungry because they they're like the way they lost the top four last year on the uh, la- like uh, against Newcastle against Tottenham last season they lost it lo- lost it they were isn't it was in their hands and I feel like the players the youth most like I like Saka the an Arsenal fan Jesus who's won the league with Chelsea, uh, Man City um, and they want to bring their experience where they've had at other clubs through on this uh through this current team and I feel like uh, Arteta what he's learned from Pep Guardiola he's going in the right direction yeah and all credit to him last season got a lot of slander um got, became a bit of a meme through social media um being a classic Arsenal let's be honest they, they do seem to be quite a target um but I think if they can keep that kind of performance going throughout the season I think they're going to be a team to watch out for and be afraid of. I do, because I do like uh, William Saliba at the back. Um, he's been like an, on loan for a couple of seasons and he's come, he's actually been on loan and he's learnt his trade. He's only 21 still and he's learnt his trade in France and he's come back at a really good solid and a half. Like you looked at him like on Friday night and you, he was reading the game really well and I feel like Arsenal's got a good solid defence because last year they always thought that they could always leak a goal. They've got Ramsdale, got Ben White. They could always leak a goal. But I feel like with Saliba, I think it's going to be very hard for them to 
be very good and not leak goals as much as last year. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he was he's been online for quite a few seasons, hasn't he? Uh, who's he yeah, been? Marseille, Leon, one of it the two. Marseille. Marseille, and there was a lot. Of, of, believe there was a lot of talk of why buy this player for, for however much it was at the time it was quite a bit, double figures I'm pretty sure in, in the millions and uh, in the build up they were saying they sent him on loan for two seasons they spent big money on this kid and only now is he getting a chance to play and I mean he didn't disappoint exactly it shows that like Arsenal knew what they were doing or well, they get it shows. It makes it look like they would do that. It makes it look like they knew what they were doing, uh, because it's come out and proved that he is a good quality set of half. And being only twenty one, still, he's got plenty of time to grow and cut the mistakes out of him. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think that goes with the whole squad, anyway. Exactly. Uh, what do you think of Palace on that game? They were disappointing, but I'm not going to make any excuses for them. I mean, it's the first game of the season. Everyone's going to be a bit rocky at the start. But apparently, the they had two separate pre-season squads. So they had one squad that went off um, on pre-season to like Singapore or somewhere with Patrick Vieira. And then the yeah. other squad stayed at base with the, I'm assuming it was the assistant manager. Yeah. Now, I don't understand that, to be honest with you. I mean, playing up a squad for pre-season, surely you want to keep everyone together and not cause confusion in tactics, stuff like that. You want everyone to be together, bonding, getting ready to a season, linking up, building relationships. You separate them, you, you go lose all of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the first I've heard of it, but, um, well, 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 if you're separating your squad, you're not building that, that, that team bonding together. And the new signings, either they go to the old team or the, or the, the first or the second group, they're not going to know everyone. And I feel like that's going to make the breakdown connections. And I don't think that's the right way. But if that did happen, not the best. But I thought Palace, it was a mixed bag from Palace, in my opinion. I thought they've lost their best player in um, Conor Gallagher last season. So it's always going to be hard replacing him. But they brought, they kept the, they kept the system. And I, no, they always know it's going to be a hard place, a uh, hard, hard game against Arsenal. But I, I do expect Palace to uh, pick. Pick themselves up from like um, pick them up from last like last game and actually do well this season. So I wouldn't be so hard on themselves, and I think they should carry on well. No, I, I agree. I think Crystal Palace is one of those teams that will pick themselves up and they'll go on a good run of form. I mean, um, there I believe he's a new signing, uh, Decore. Yeah, he is. He was immense. I mean, the team as a whole wasn't very impressive, but I think there was a few fair a, a few standout performances and especially within him I think he helped hold that to at least 2-0 where it could have been much more exactly but look I think 2-0 was a fair result um, and like you said Corey kept Patterson in the game but it was a fair result in the first that, the first game of the season um, it was a good game to start off the, the weekend with yeah I completely agree like the it was a good game to watch, um, very entertaining, had everything you really wanted. Um, so, yeah, no complaints on that one. Exactly. And then the, on the start of Saturday, at the 12.30 kickoff, everybody thought Liverpool was going to like breeze past uh, Fulham as 
Liverpool always do against uh, newly promoted clubs. They always do well against well, every team in the league, no matter who it is, because that's the Liverpool we've grown up to see after the last few years. And it wasn't the case at all. Nah. Fulham just came in and said, we want to prove you wrong. We want to, we, we're, we're no like uh, kick around this season. We want to prove that we are good enough to be in the Premier League. And that's what they did. Yeah, no, they really took it to um, Liverpool on the weekend. I was at work at the time and I was just like, let's have a look at the score um, just to see what's going on. I looked at my phone and when I saw at the time that Ful- I think it was Fulham were 1-0 up originally. Were, were they they were, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mitrovic. I was like, I was surprised. I really thought Fulham were going to get walked over in this game. I thought, you know, Liverpool been challenging for the league over the last few, how many odd seasons? Uh, now U- European giants currently t- to an extent. I mean, they've been in the Champions League final, I'm pretty sure, like two times in the last four years. Um, the thing, is, the thing with Liverpool is we've known for them that, that they are very good. They're very good like all through seasons. We know they can beat any team, but the way the first goal happened was just Trent Alexander Arnold got bullied by Mitrovic at the back post and. I was listening to the uh, commentary and it was a uh, Rio Ferdinand and um, Peter Crouch. And they told him like, well, if you know, you've got a big man up, up front, sometimes the uh, center half will go over there and uh, match him for like physique. Or if, if not, the fullback needs to know that you, you're jumping, but Mitrovic bullied Trent Alexander-Arnold and everybody said, and I, I was a, one of the people that said, um, Mitrovic can't do it in the Prem. We've seen it before with the Fulham and Newcastle. He hasn't done it before. But I do think you're a guy that scores 40 goals in the Championship, you probably could do it in the Prem. And he's probably proved us all wrong. Yeah, no, he did. He, he had a very good game. Um, very respectful. I think he'll be entering a few fantasy league teams this weekend. So, um, yeah, no. But the thing is, what gets me is, people hold this thing people who aren't Liverpool fans hold this thing that Liverpool's fullbacks can't defend. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll agree to an extent they're very good going forward. Liverpool use their fullbacks going forward more than they do defensively. But if this is what's going to keep up for the whole season and they're going to repeat it, people are going to take advantage of that. And I think that's exactly what Fulham did. They noticed if they can get counter-attacks, if they can use the width, go at the fullbacks, like, if Mitrovic done that, he got away from Van Dijk, um, who would have probably stopped him from... I think it was a header, was it not? He scored? It was. The first goal was a header from the back post across, across the keeper. Yeah, so... And uh, the second goal was a penalty. But I agree with you. The weakness in Liverpool's areas is getting part, uh, behind uh, the fullback when they attack. And um, if a lot of teams realise that, they're going to counter-attack that area. Um, and I do think it might be a hard season for Liverpool um, and not as easy as uh, previous seasons. But when they brought on their star side, their star side uh, Darwin Nunes, the game all changed. Yeah, it did. He, he came on. He's very impressive. Did he not get an assist and a goal? He got a goal and an assist. Yeah, so he got, got the special combo. So, I mean, keep up performances like that. And I think most of our conversations this season will be between him and Haaland by the end of it. Exactly, and I do feel like look, he got a goal in the in the um in the charity shield. He got one against Newcastle. People were doubting him, saying like this this um this uh guy from Benfica, the Andy Carroll. No one really back like 
like rated him. And the guy scored two goals in two games against good opposition. So it's going to be a good competition, but obviously Liverpool can't just rely on him as Salah. Um, they need the whole team. I, you, he is not an, a Mane's replacement because they're two different players. But I don't think he's going to be far off um, the goal tally as people think he is off Haaland and Kane. Hmm. No, I don't think he will be. Um, and I think it's key, key to point out as well, I think Liverpool actually missed Mane against Fulham. I do think they did, yeah. Um, but then... What do they do? Do they stick it out with the players that they've got? I mean, they've got Louis Diaz. He he's still a decent player, um, and he's proven he he's very good. But if you're someone like Liverpool, you're competing at the top. You're going to be expected to be in the race for the Premier League this season. Do you not buy another another player to come in? Do you leave it? It's in that position because Liverpool's system has changed. Uh, because when they had Mane and uh, Firmino, they Firmino dropped and Mane and Salah were the two furthest people on the pitch. Now they've got Nunes, he is the furthest person on the pitch, they've got proper number nine. So Salah's role has changed, the system's changed. So I do think we've got to give it time with Liverpool, uh, for Liverpool and um, see how the system fits and how the players cope with this, this new system change. Oh. It'll be interesting to see how they get on through the season, that is for sure. Exactly. But hopefully, I look, I, we're, not, I'm, we're not all going to say it. Look, it was a great uh, point for Fulham. Maybe or, should, they should have gone and won it. It'll be interesting to see what people think. But I'm not going to get my head around it. A couple of seasons ago, we saw Norwich beat City uh, in, the, in the first few games of the season and they went down. So I wouldn't get your hat, hats away with for, um, Fulham. But they... Um, they they look had a good start to the season and maybe they, they can push on from this. All right. Well, I think another game to speak about, following on from that, and it was a quite a surprise result, in firm honest. I didn't expect this, but Bournemouth two, Villa nil. I really thought uh, Villa was gonna like beat Bournemouth. Um, like I mentioned before when we did the last game, we did this last week, and I, I think we both said that Villa were gonna win. Um but it was just surprising. I I watched the highlights, obviously, because it was a three o'clock kickoff. And it was interesting because Bournemouth just looks like that, like 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 Fulham. They were saying, We are in the Premier League, we're gonna prove to you that we're actually gonna be good enough. And Scotty Scott Parker's men proved it and they got out there and played well. Yeah, they did. I mean, again, I I've, the only stuff I've seen this weekend, the only games I watched was Arsenal, Crystal Palace, and Manu Bryan. And the only stuff I've seen is highlights. So I've not really got a lot of... Uh, I can truly pass on about these games. But looking at the stats from them and everything, I mean, it, it is a quite a surprising result. As it, it To me, it looks like Aston Villa dominated the game. I, I, look, look, Aston Villa did play well from the highlights and like what I've seen. Uh, but... I feel like when you've, you're, you're, you're winning, like Bournemouth were... Like they got the goal in the um in the second minute, so you're gonna you're gonna be up edge, and you're go, you're always gonna be looking better than you are when you're winning. And I just feel like it was they're two even matched teams. I do think Villa are, are a better quality in um, squads, but I think on the day 
Bournemouth was better, they they got the two important goals. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really have too much more to say on that one. Yeah. Overall, um, yeah. If I was a Villa fan or a, a Villa viewer, um, I wouldn't be worried, but it's something to be concerned about that you, you're struggling to beat uh, promoted sides. It's always hard to beat them on the first day, but don't don't get head down. Uh, I think Stephen Jarrell would be good this season and we'll turn it around soon. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. Um, Stephen Gerrard, I, I think he's a decent manager and I think it's probably just first game season, flukes, um, inconsistency kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens over the next weekend and games to come. But I think you're right. Aston Villa have nothing to be afraid of. Um, so, yeah. And then we got on to like my 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 boys, the Tottenham versus Southampton. Um, as a Tottenham fan, I was I, I was quite confident going to the game after the recruitment that Conte's done. Um, I was quite confident going to Southampton. We always have a good, well, not a good record at home to them, but we should be beating the team at Southampton. And then we go one 0 down. Oh, but you, you didn't take you long to turn it around. No, we didn't. Um, but when we go 1 0 down Southampton, you always know it's going to be James Prowse. Like, I think everyone predicted it was going to be James Prowse because the guy is their best player by far. And yeah, it was disappointing. Uh, but didn't turn it around. It was a great cross by Kulazeski on the right hand side and then whipped it into Ryan Session for his first Premier League goal for Tottenham. Yeah, no, it was a very good, uh, very good goal. I think um, only for Session Young to get booked three minutes later. I think that's that's quite yeah, funny. Um, but I feel like he was uh, he knew, and I think Perisic's signing has because Perisic won everything uh, in Inter Milan or Bayern Munich, wherever, wherever he's been. He's told Session Young, and he's come out and said it that look, get on the back post. If he does a cross, just get your head on it. And aim at a goal. You're probably going to get in it. Like he's told, what Perich has just learned over his years. He's told Sessing um, Young. It's obviously helped him. Um, Perich looked decent, and everyone in that Tottenham team after going two uh, one up, the goal by Eric Dyer, just looked on a different class. And getting the third and the fourth by um, the own goal, and then Kudelski just looked a different class. And it's going. It looks like a really promising season for my boys at Tottenham. Yeah, no, I think think you're right. Um, Tottenham looked very good that game. Again, I only watched highlights, so I'm not seeing the full thing. But Tottenham against Southampton, I mean, you always expect to go to Southampton and win. I feel like it's the yeah, norm nowadays. Uh, oh, sorry, you are well, aren't you? Either way, you got you play Southampton, you tend to expect to win. And yeah. I mean, to get a four-one result at the start of the season, highest goal game, highest goal-scoring game of the week. Exactly, I'd be, I'd be quite happy if I were you right now. Exactly, and I feel like with Tottenham, it, this is the season. Like Kudelski came in in January, he had half a season just to get used to it. He scored his first goal at the Lane because all he all his six goals last season was away, so he got his first goal at the new stadium, which is great for him. I think an under uh, appreciated person was Emerson Royale. I thought he had a brilliant game. Uh, got the assist for the own goal and got the assist for Kudelski's goal. So he had a brilliant game. I think other people underrate him, but hopefully he has a good season. I think now that he has 
uh, Jed Spence and Matt Doherty. I know they're not the brilliant, most uh, most decorated right backs that we've got in world football, but I do think now he's got competition there, he might step up on the plate. Yeah, you might find now that he's got a bit of pressure behind him. He's had his first season, and pre- it was his first season, right? Last season was Prem- Yeah, last season. Now he's had that under his belt. He knows what's expected of him, and now he might actually step up a gear and go him. Exactly. So we'll wait to see. But Thomas uh, Tottenham look very good. Got a tough game this weekend at Chelsea, um, and we'll talk later on in the episode, like. Uh, about this week this upcoming fixtures but I do feel like this is a tough fixture but I do think Tottenham squad is in a good position yeah no I, I completely agree you've done good business in a transfer window you still potentially got more, a bit more you can do um, for certain areas like backup I think but I mean the business that you've done you, you're going into the season you're, you're going for it you're looking to step up and be at least the third best exactly and it'll be interesting. So, yeah, on the Southampton uh, point of view, look, like we said, James Prowse is your best player. I, I, I'm happy to say that. When I first saw it on my phone, uh, obviously it was a free hot kickoff. Um, I did think it was a free kick, as we all think of James Prowse as a free kick, <laughs> a technical specialist. But he's he's seen the ball, the cross uh, being cut back. And he's watched the ball and he's hit the ball straight into the ground and it's bounced over Lloris. Um, it's got some... It, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be worried, but they've got to do some investment. Like, they've brought in a couple of players, but I do feel like Southampton, after seeing game week one, they've got some areas to improve on. Oh, for sure. I mean, you tend to watch Southampton. If it's going to be anyone that's going to either assist or score, it's... It's always James Ward-Prowse you're expecting. So the fact they've still got hold of him at that club, I'll be honest, does surprise me. I think he does deserve a step up to someone that's a bit more competitive within the league. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think he has proven on countless times that he outperforms the rest of that Southampton squad. Um, and yeah, I mean, w- watching that game and seeing that own goal as well, I mean, that just looked really poor. He 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 kind of like stumbled over his own feet, and like it, it was just like bad communication from the keeper and um, the centre half. Um, I I know Southampton are going trying to trust trust the the youth, but I don't know. I'm I'm worried. I'm I'm very worried about Southampton this year, but we'll see. All right. Well, I think next game to move on to Leeds versus Wolves. I will admit, not a result I was expecting. Uh, I felt felt like this one was going to be, if anything, a draw. But if there was yep. going to be a winner, I, I honestly thought it was going to be Wolverhampton. And the stats I've seen from the Leeds game, um, player-wise, um, I'm impressed. Exactly. I mean, well, Wolves losing, well, days later, they lost their captain, Connor Cody, on loan to Everton. Uh, but he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play this game because... They knew the transfer links already. Um, and I think losing your captain is not the right move already for your um for your team. But yeah, Leeds, Leeds look good. Leeds look promising. Mm-hmm. And after having the uh, rocky start, the rocky end to the season by just missing relegation, it look it's a good start for them to step onto and hopefully for them, their fans and the club not to be near relegation this season. 
Oh, of course. I mean, the other thing you can look at for last season is the fact that they did have a lot of injuries. And yeah. now they've got their main striker back. They've made some decent signings. I mean, I saw, I can't remember what exactly it was, which isn't really good. <laughs> Realistically, I don't remember it for properly. But Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, yep. their stats, they were the most, one of them had the most ground covered over the whole weekend. And the other one had the most tackles or something like that over the weekend. It, I mean, it's, it's stupid. Like for new players in the league, do that is ridiculous, and that's what you or you want from the, your new new signings. Yeah, I mean, the reason I point it out is because I think it was it was either Brendan Brendan Aronson or Tyler Adams, one of the two. They, I remember seeing on Instagram and stuff like that, and people were joking about them, thinking they were good, saying that they got flop. I mean. Don't get me wrong, first game of the season, but I mean, you come out and you've covered the most ground, or you made the most tackles or interceptions. You're saying the stat, you're at the top of the stat sheet. Yeah, exactly. You, and you're, you're, you're getting your impressed. name out there. Exactly, and you'll get your name out there. And also, they're big boots to fill with Calvin Phillips gone and Rafinha gone. And like you said, they done they done justice to them. Yeah, no, they went out. They showed that they didn't need him, and um, I think. It could be a good season for Leeds. Exactly. Uh, Wolves, on the other hand, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really watch the game because I, I was doing other stuff. But, um, look, Wolves always have a good start, but I do think losing Connor Cody might be a big loss for them. Yeah, no, I mean, they've lost their captain, one of their, their first, first team player, first choice centre-back. Do I, do I think they need to be massively concerned? Probably not. I mean, Connor Cody's gone to Everton, probably a team team that really struggled last season. Um, I reckon they'll probably struggle again this year, if I'm honest. Um, but then I think there's players that Wolves can probably bring in that might be if may, maybe better, if not just as good. Exactly. I, I do feel like it, it's going to be interesting with Wolves because they've... they've uh, <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, like they lost, they loaned Fabio Silva out, and I do think he was the answer. They invested a lot of money into him, but he's on loan. He was that advert now, but I do feel like Wolves are a team. Look, they're going to be in the bottom half of the table. I do think, but they're going to have that odd win against the top six. I can see that happening. Just don't know who it's going to be against. Probably, probably even Tottenham. I'm going to say it now, uh, but. They're gonna have. I think they're gonna be. They're gonna survive, but I think they're gonna struggle because they're losing that leader at the back. Yeah, no, I, I think Connor Cody is a big loss, but I think he's replaceable for them. Personally, I think as long as they still do um, business in the market, I reckon they can find someone. Um, maybe not a captain, but they'll find someone that can feel do the job. That well. have, yeah. Um. All right then. Newcastle and Forest now. 2-0 to Newcastle. I watched the highlights. I am, I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad for Forrest. I mean, Dean Henderson looked like he had a blinder of a game. Some of the saves he was making, everything. And now I don't know if you've seen the Newcastle goals, but they were very good. I did see the goal from um, Fabian Shah, and it was a quality um, goal. Now, my first thought was, damn, I need to get him a fancy team. Um, because that goal was brilliant. He's an underrated centre half, in my opinion. 
He's brilliant in what he does. And yeah, for a set of half to do that, I know he's not doing it every week. But yeah, um, unlucky by Dean Henson. I do feel like uh, he's at a club now. I do, I'm getting Sheffield United vibes where, he, where he's back at a club where he's going to be the number one and he's going to get that team moving in the right direction. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Dean Henderson, I think, is a very good goalkeeper. That's without the United bias. I think he proved it at um, Sheffield United when he was there. Um, I think he proved he could handle the Premier League and be one of the top goalkeepers. Um, and I think United screwed him over last season, not giving him enough, more, any more opportunities. Although you've um, got an informed De Gea in front, uh, to compete with, I think he yeah. still deserved it from time to time. And I think now he's gone to Forest. He's proven in his first game that um, he can really take it. Exactly. And I, I feel like when um, Dean Henderson came back to United and he said he's going to challenge for the first choice and uh, Solskjaer said, like, oh, you're going to be in my plans and then was lied to the whole last season and basically didn't get a chance. It's a year wasting his career. I know he's come out and said that. And it going back to a club like Forest, who are not the same United, uh, love like United, or not at the moment, um, with one club going down and one club going up. Uh, it might be soon as sooner than we think, but he is the number one there. And I do think that's what he needs. As a keeper, you need to be number one and playing. Uh, so I do think it's a good sign, like you just said. Um, and they brought in a decent backup in Wade Hennessy, the guy who wants to kind of World Cup as well for Wales. And I think it's going to give good competition for Dean. Yeah, no, I think, um, again, he needs the competition still. Obviously, you can't throw that out of the equation um, to push him to stay as a first choice. But um, the move to Nottingham Forest was exactly what he needed for his career. And, I mean, he, he had a very good first game of the season. I mean, yes, he laid two goals, but credit to Newcastle, they were very good goals. Exactly. And I feel like Newcastle, after... Being bought, like being bought by the Saudis last season, they had half a season, just basically get out of relegation because when they were when Eddie Howe came in, they were twentieth, and as we know, they finished quite high up in the table. And I think this season really shows where they can go. Eddie Howe's uh, been um, praised with a long term contract now, so they're really putting their faith in him. And also, they saw like they were twentieth, rob bottom into Christmas, and. They, I think they finished ninth for the last last year. Um, so, I'm they, not fully sure, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so the, I think it's round ninth or ninth or tenth, and so that they 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 went up the league massively, and so it's just seeing where they improve. And I think this is the first season where they can, where we're going to really test what the money actually did for the club. Yeah, no, I mean, I still think they're looking at new, some some signings still. I mean, I know they're still in for James Madison, so that'll yeah. be a good signing for them if they bring him in. Um, but, I don't yeah. think I don't I don't think Leicester will be make I don't personally they've had two bids uh, rejected at the time of recording this of fifty mil I think around that price. Okay, uh, but I don't think it would. I don't think he will go to Newcastle. But well, like we said, Newcastle have unlimited money now, so they can splash out whatever money. But financial fair play because you know the rule is you can only spend what you make, so. Newcastle will have a couple of years before they spend like like the Man Cities and the PSGs. Yeah, of course. I mean, they still got it's still going to be a building progress. You can't expect one season to go 
from surviving relegation um, halfway through the season um, to the next season winning the league. It's not, not that simple. Exactly. Um, so yeah, they've got they've got a building process, and I don't think that, that look it's decided times that shouldn't change the park. So they're playing really well. They've got quality all over the pitch. Like they're building it slowly. They've got a quality manager. Um, and I, look, it's going to be a, a good, exciting time for them. All right. Uh, I think Forest. Um, sorry, uh, I think Forest don't need to be worried. Like they showed, they've got quality in areas, and they're doing brilliant business all over the park. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Um, for uh, something like thirteen signings they're on now, is it not? It is, and like quality, like Jesse Lingard. Uh, Dean Henson that like we mentioned Nico Williams uh, just a few to name they've done quality where they needed it and they've done it well and the problem is they might all, not all gel at, uh, at the right time but eventually they will play well and hopefully they stay up because I'd like to see Hop Forest in the Premier League a lot longer than just one season mm-hmm. uh, I agree I, I'd, I'd quite like to see Forest stay up for a bit longer they um to be interesting to see different clubs um, that maybe haven't even been in the Prem for a while or haven't before. I always like seeing them stay up because you get a mixture. You get to see different teams, whereas it gets boring after a while seeing the same team season after season. You know exactly. But I don't think if you're a Forest fan, I don't think it's there's something to be worried about. It's just a blip. Uh, hopefully, look, you might have a lot of blips in the season because I don't think you're gonna be hard like uh, for you fans, Forest fans. Uh, all you do is just want to stay up, but um, hopefully you do. So maybe this is a blip, or maybe this is just one one loss. But hopefully you get picked back up and get a win in your next game. I know you've got uh, West Ham. Uh, another another tough another tough game, but maybe you can do it. And for Newcastle fans, I feel like you, it's going to be an exciting time at Newcastle. So yeah, moving on to the next game: Everton versus Chelsea. Um. This game was very went the way I very very much expected it to go. In the fact that I thought Everton was going to get beat from the Everton I saw last season and not making a good side. Level. Okay, they made they made a, a side in James Tarkovsky, but not a money side because I know James Tarkovsky was for free at that moment, and I I haven't seen it much improvement. But uh, with with Chelsea, wasn't much convinced by them. Yeah, no, I mean, I kept, I was at work. I kept tuning into the game every now and again because um, we were a bit quiet. And the, um, I, I tuned in around, I think it was Ben Godfrey when he got, he went down injured for quite a while. I'm not seeing yeah. any update on that either. So I can't, I, if he's not okay, then hopefully the guy's all right. He's recovering well. Um, I'm not sure what fully happened either, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't think either team were overly convincing. I mean, Chelsea, you expected to win that game. They went and done it um, with a penalty as well. Yep. Um, but I, I I didn't expect them to struggle to beat Everton. Exactly. And it's worrying signs for both teams because they, well, it's not worrying signs, but Chelsea didn't go like, wow, this is Chelsea we expect. They didn't do that for me. Um, Guda Bali looked decent, in my opinion. Uh, I read a stat, and I don't know if it's true, but it was like the starting um, centre-halves for Chelsea had a combined age of 100, 
I don't know if that's true. It's quite funny actually, but they, they have a spirit. They have experience in the back line, but sometimes these experience and youth like losing Rudiger and Christensen and only bringing in Kudabali. I know they were looking after Kunde and looking out for Kunde and all that, but didn't. But I think they do need another centre half. Uh, because... Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. We said it. I said it at the start. With teams nowadays, you cannot invest in the now. The now will not get you what you want. Exactly. You have to invest in the future. And as much as I think Kudabai is one of the best defenders out there right now, um, I mean, having the, the lineup was for Chelsea at the back, Kudabai, Thiago Silva, and Azpilicueta. Yeah. Now, all great defenders by all means, but are those guys going to win you the league? Are they going to get you top four at the end of the season? And I don't think they will. I think you'll have injury come into it because of age, potentially. Yep. Fitness levels. I mean, you've got five subs this season, so maybe not so much. But I think I think Chelsea made a crucial error this transfer window and not invested in the future. Exactly. But we've got, we've got a bump for left of the transfer window, so it's not all and done. But I think they do need another centre-half um, from now until the end of the transfer window um, just to, like have that option off the bench if one of the, your, your main three go off injured or, so, or you have to have plan B. Um, and also, Silva and Kudabali looks like they go to the World Cup because Silva has been in the Brazil squad recently uh, and um, Kudabali is in the Senegal squad. So, them two guys to the World Cup and if they get injury, injury at the World Cup, uh, more problems. Yeah, I think... Um... You make quite a good point there, I think, but more or less for any team. Um, but I feel like Chelsea, looking at their squad, quite probably got one of the oldest squad, oldest squads in the league, I'd imagine. In the um, top four, probably, yeah. Yeah, so although they have youth in there, such as um, Reese James, I mean, I'm looking at a starting lineup, I'm, I'm not Reese James and Mason Mount are the youngest ones there, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, so. And then everyone else around them's like above twenty five at least. I mean, well, you got you got you got Havertz who's twenty three. Uh, you've got Ben Chilwell who's twenty five. But like the back line was uh, pre pre aging. Uh, but on the other hand, on on the other team, Everton. No, like going into the game, you're thinking who's going to play up front because Dominic Cavalier's injured. They sell Richardson Spurs. And I was really surprised that Anthony Gordon played up front as a lone striker. Um, and that was really interesting for me because I didn't think that was the right move. Like, well, I'm not Frank Lampard, I'm not a manager. I'm just a fan talking about football. Um, <laughs> but it was very... Like, I, I think Everton do need another striker um, to part, either partner with uh, Dominic Cavalier-Lewin or just to be a backup. Um, and like we mentioned, Connor Cody has gone to Everton, so my be a good addition at the back line and if Godfrey's injuries as bad as they might first fall it's a good replacement yeah no I think I think you're right Everton done good business defensively um actually I think it's probably right based off the season that they've just had um boosting your defense is what you want and no, having the I back mean... line of Pitford um Tarkowski and Cody it's a pretty solid back uh, back three Mate, that's that's England's World Cup lineup right there for you. <laughs> I don't think Tarkovsky and Cody are going to be England's um, starting pairing at the World Cup, but I, that two of them might go to the World Cup 
but you never know. Uh, well, I mean, time will tell. If they perform really well, you see Everton at the top of the league as we go into the World Cup. You know why? So, <laughs> by all you means. You might be dreaming about that, mate. <laughs> nah, don't know what you're on about. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, have to, I have to admit, Damari Gray, I think he's he's one of those players that you can watch and you can be impressed by. Never yeah. truly outstanding, but he's he's a very good winger. It looks like he played quite central. Um, yeah. You know, central two with Dwight McNeil. Um, yeah, but, they kind of play like uh, Gordon as the, like the, the head of the attack. And then just behind them was uh, Gray and Dwight McNeil. Um, like inside full inside wingers, so it's very interesting how they did it. But yeah, uh, hopefully he has a good season because I do like uh, do I, um, like Gray and but uh, McNeil. Yeah, no, um, I, I think I think it was quite, I was quite impressed. Um, like I said I was watching at work uh, every now and again. Like I was watching five minutes and then having to go do something, come back, watch it again. Um, and when I was turning it on, I watching Damari Gray, I was quite impressed. He was really going at the Chelsea defence, giving them problems, and did supply Anthony Gordon a couple of times. Um, oh, he, Everton did have their chances in that game. Um, so, yeah, no, I was, I was quite impressed. And I liked, I, I, to an extent, I was quite happy with what, how I saw Everton play. Exactly. I feel I feel like, I, was, I think Everton are very, a very good side. Well, the way I word it is, Look, they've got history and in my lifetime Everton's always been that fifth the fifth best team like if if you don't get top four always at the seventh team um, I know as I said top best fifth best team I mean top seven like wiping out top six um, I always think they're the, like the seventh best team in the league and it was a shame for them to be relegated like battling relegation last season so I'd, I it's, it's good to see them in the right right path but I don't know if it, this is a step too soon in the right direction because I do think they're going to struggle this season if they don't make improvements. Oh, no, 100%. Um, Everton needs to do more business. But, uh, I mean, is it only the two, Colonel Cody and Tarkowski? Tarkowski? I do think it's them two. If it's just them two, then, yeah, that's not that's not going to keep you up. Um, although two good defenders, but uh, Everton needs to do more in the market if they want to avoid another season like last year. Exactly. But look, you never know. It's the first game of the season, like we said, like multiple times this uh, episode. It's the first game of the season. Some teams might not be on it uh, straight away. So we'll let's see. Um, Chelsea, they did they did the best, but they got the job done. Yeah, no, and that's all you can really ask from them at the end of the day. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the ones who take home the three points. They'll be the ones with a smile on their faces. So move on to the next one. <laughs> 